What is up, podcast fam? You are listening to episode 48 of season one here on My Turf. I'm your host, Ryan Marshall, coming to you live from Lower Alabama. Once again, remember My Turf, a podcast about pro and college football. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to interact with me, the host, hit me up, myturfshow at gmail.com. The title track for this episode, episode 48, in fact, is Analyze This. Why? Well, it's so difficult to kind of forecast sports and break it down. But ultimately, we can, you know, we can try to predict and do a lot of different things with our opinions, and it doesn't turn out to be true. So we have to then break it down and analyze it. And of course, that's what we're going to do this show and explain a little bit more. We had some preseason picks, and then of course, we kind of changed throughout the season. And then when it comes down to it, then you got to analyze all that from the beginning into where we're at in this current state. And so that's why this, the title track for this episode will be Analyze This. Some college football news. Uh, today we found out that quarterback Jake Garcia is entering the transfer portal, leaving Miami. This is kind of huge. A lot of people love this kid, thought he was going to be one of those highly touted quarterbacks, maybe a first-round draft pick potentially. He came out of Valdosta, Georgia. A little bit of a mix-up there with some... Um, uh, he was recruited to go play there under a, a former... Hoover head football coach, if you don't know Rush Probst. But yeah, it's kind of um, whether or not he was actually able to or not and eligible, it didn't didn't work out. But either way, some other news. Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, has entertained some NFL offers, but in the end, he is going to stay at Michigan. Uh, some key names coming out for the NFL draft. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He is leaving for the NFL. USC star Trojans wide receiver, Jordan Addison, of course, he won the 2021 Blitnikoff Award for the best wide receiver, is now heading to the pros. A um, couple other things. The two two biggest players probably for TCU, uh, wide receiver Quentin Johnson and running back DeAndre Miller, He they both are entering the NFL draft. So that's huge for them. And other college football news, of course, uh, Alabama defense coordinator Pete Golden. We talked about this a little bit. We heard there was some smoke that... Man, that uh, Lane Kiffin may take Pete Golding away. Not really as a lateral move. We're not going to call that a lateral move. This is definitely a step down. The expectations will be lower there at Ole Miss, but in the end, this is probably a win-win for both Alabama and Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin can get a guy with at least that, you know, that feather in his cap being the Alabama defensive coordinator. And Nick Saban, this is why he's the greatest of all time, he doesn't fire college coaches. He never does. You never have heard him, oh, he fired Lance Thompson when he was linebacker coach, or he fired Kevin Steele when he was linebacker coach, or, you know, Tosh Lupoy was fired as defensive coordinator. What he does is he facilitates moves for these guys to get away from the program, and this is what happened with Pete Golding. Pete Golding is now going to be the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss, so that's pretty cool. Um, I did have a question. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but, you know, honestly... You got to thank Pete Golden. He had a lot of scrutiny. Uh, it took a lot. Um, so you always got to appreciate him for all his hard work and dedication. But no, I'm not going to miss him on the sideline. Uh, I felt like Pete, I think he ran a solid defense, but he called everything pre-snap. And then he never adjusted and checked out of it. And neither did his players. So if you saw it pre-snap, what Pete was showing you, they could try to disguise some things. But a lot of times he already gave his take 
and uh, Pete got exposed time and time and again. So, like I said, um, you know, wish him the best. Um, but unfortunately, you're not going to be back at Alabama. Not a lot of people are sad. We're still waiting to hear on Bill O'Brien news. The rumors, of course, that the New England Patriots discussions of him coming back as offensive coordinator are heating up this past week. They actually let uh, offensive coordinator Matt Patricia know that he would not be back as offensive coordinator, but he possibly will stay on staff there for the Patriots to go back to the defensive side of the ball, which he needs to be at. TCU offense coordinator Garrett Riley, a very hot name out there uh, for some big-time pay raises. Remember, he also won the Brawls Award as a top assistant. He's going to Clemson. Clemson has fired Brandon Streeter after one year, actually after two years of calling plays there. And uh, yeah, they got their man in Garrett Riley. He's going to get a nice pay pay raise. And his system kind of ultimately goes in there and helps out Dabo Sweeney and uh, Cade Klubnick coming back. They are pretty familiar with each other. Cade Klubnick, of course, played at Westview Lake in Texas, and he knew Garrett Riley while he was at uh, SMC, SMU and TCU. So this is a good, really good pickup for them. Um did have a question about some D.C. candidates for Alabama. Uh, right now, from what I'm hearing, guys, it looks like a lot of people are saying Jeremy Pruitt. I understand that. You know, he's got two national championships as a defense coordinator at Alabama. Of course, he won a national championship as defense coordinator at, at Florida State in 2014 for that Jameis Winston year. We do not know if he is even eligible to return to the sideline. But what you have to think is this. Has Nick Saban facilitated the move for Pete Golden to get out of there? He has hired Austin Armstrong, the middle linebackers coach slash DC at Southern Miss, a younger guy, up and comer, to become the next to become the middle linebackers coach. He's not going to be the DC. So that means with Charles Kelly leaving, the safeties coach and taking over in Colorado as a defense coordinator for uh, for Deion Sanders, there is a safeties coach spot and defense coordinator spot. Jeremy Pruitt, he coaches, but he he coaches safeties. And he's a defense coordinator. So Saban knows something's up. You don't want to assume because we can't. We're trying to forecast it. But um, yeah, I would say that Jeremy Pruitt's probably definitely on his list. Another name to look out for is uh, is a safeties coach, defensive backs coach is Jim Leonard. Nick Saban tried to hire him a couple years ago from the University of Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers actually tried to hire him two years ago to become their defensive coordinator. He's very highly thought of as a great defensive mind and a great secondaries coach. He's also a solid recruiter. Some of his defenses were some of the best in the nation and in the Big Ten at Wisconsin. And that's probably not with as much talent as he would have at Alabama. But that's a name to look out for. I think all would be great, of course. The not top name, I should say, is Glenn Schumann, the co-DC at Georgia. But like we talked about, Schumann, he's the right-handed man of Kirby Smart. He loves Kirby Smart. He loves what he's doing at Georgia. He's on the recruiting trail. It does not look like he's going to be able to make, he's making that move back to Alabama where he graduated from. He's, he's enjoying things at Georgia, and you can't fault him. So unless something changes um, dra- dramatically with that situation with Glenn Schumann, it looks like it's going to be down to Jim Leonard or Jeremy Pruitt. Again, though, there could be a name coming out of nowhere that we haven't even thought of. I didn't even know about this Austin Armstrong guy, so we'll see what happens. I really think, though, if you're trying to get back to that Bama standard, Jeremy Pruitt's the guy you want um, for the known, what you know. You know Jim Leonard is a really, really good coach, but his scheme is different. It's different. He doesn't under, he doesn't do the Saban terminology. Remember, it's Nick Saban's defense. Should Jeremy Pruitt would be the easiest transition. But again, with the the violations that he committed 
at the University of Tennessee, we will not know until a ruling is passed down by possibly May at the earliest. But hopefully Nick Saban has reached out to the NCAA offices and he's done his homework. We'll have, you know, more of an idea of what's happening. Uh, top defensive back, Cormani McClain, we talked about him. He visited Colorado. He has not officially made a commitment just yet. We'll, we'll check up on that when we hear more. Uh, Ryan had a question from Riley out of Tifton, Georgia. Let's get to it. This, remember, this is the college football segment. If I didn't allude to that earlier, I figured you would have caught on. Why are you so salty about UGA winning? Roll, tears, roll. <laughs> uh, that's noted. Uh, Riley, I'm not salty about it. I'm just tired of the media fanboying Stetson Bennett. I understand he was a walk-on, and then he left, and he came back. He got beat down by Alabama twice, and then he comes back, and he wins He wins the national championship game. You know, he's the last, he did in a, in a close contest. I'm just not understanding how he deserves a movie about him. He deserves this about him. He does this. It's it's like, just leave it. To, we, we can leave all the pageantry out of it. I think even Georgia fans are like, look, can we just leave the pageantry out of it, man? We're a great team. You're kind of taken away from it because you're, you're trying to basically put us like we had a handicapped quarterback in there. And that's the truth. Is that's what when you're saying it's a Cinderella story, you're saying that this guy was an ugly duckling or something like that. The cat's a really good athlete, good ball player. That's all I'm saying, Riley. I don't have a problem with Stetson Bennett. I just have a problem with how the media keeps pumping him up like he's this, like he's like he's Oliver Twist and Sir Mad. Please has please have some more ports. The guy can absolutely ball, and he deserves that recognition. Also, I had a question about college football. This is kind of unusual, but uh, let's see. Asher out of Camden, Alabama. Ryan, currently Alabama is about to put a possibly a fourth first-round draft pick. Actually, it would be three. I think he's trying to count Jalen, but Jalen was a second-round pick. Uh, into the NFL, is Alabama quarterback you, and who is the best out of all of them? You always get this question. It's always a debate around the water cooler, not to mention a fire pit if, it, if it's my family. Um, it, it, of course, look, Bryce is going to be one of the top picks. He'll probably be there. Right around where Tua was taken, Mac Jones, amazing. Uh, Jalen's done a tremendous job. I know Oklahoma's trying to take that thunder away from us, but no, he was built by Bama. Um, you know, I would say, Asher, that I believe that Tua is probably the most talented. I believe that as far as accuracy, he he, he does, and he anticipates very well pre-snap. I would say as far as impromptu skills and can, and can improvise the most, and he's very accurate as well, Athletically, probably the best, most gifted is Bryce Young. Um, and I think probably the most cerebral and smart one that can that processes after it, has a great idea on understanding defenses, I would give that to Mac Jones all day long. But is Mac the arm talent of the other two? No. But between the ears, Mac is head and shoulders probably a little bit smarter uh, than Tua. Not that far off from Bryce, though. Bryce is kind of a, a really good blend of both of them. But yeah, that's how I would break it down. But I would say if you asked me who I was going to put and want to run my franchise, I would I would go with Tua. Just the guy can make absolute throws. Uh, he's just that accurate and his anti- anticipation is on another level. The only problem is, is that he is he is not the most durable. We all know that. We absolutely all know that. We've, we've discussed that time and time again. Well, that's going to do it for this college football segment. Let's take a pause for the calls, and we'll get back to talking about the NFL playoffs, wrap up last week's games, and then break down the future matchups here on Season 1, Episode 48, here on My Turf. Title track, analyze this. 
And we're back here on My Turf, Season 1, Episode 48, title track, Analyze This. Well, when we're talking about the title, it really pertains to this segment, talking about pro football. To begin the year, I said I was picking the Packers to face the Bills, and the Bills were going to win the Super Bowl. As it played out, it was too much for the Packers to overcome the loss of Devontae Adams and injuries throughout the year. Um... In the Bills, they've looked solid throughout the year. Prayers for DeMar Hamlin. He's come back very well, actually, after the cardiac arrest. We'll, we'll look to hear more about the details. I don't know if football is in his future. Um, but, you know, just just so proud that that young man is is um, is alive right now. So not to get too sentimental, but that is a huge, huge story. And, and uh, it's a tremendous story. So let's go ahead and talk about last week's games. Starting with Saturday, it was awesome. The 49ers and the Seahawks, great game, uh, really close at halftime, uh, 17-16 in favor of the Seahawks, and then here come the 49ers, all the weapons, big jock Brock Purdy, that's what they've been calling him, I'm just telling you what they've been calling him, I'm not saying it, but people have been calling him big jock Brock Purdy, anyway, they win 41-34, he looked insane, guys, he looked absolutely awesome, um, you know, it was very close to halftime, like I said, but then it was, you know, all third string quarterback Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan called an amazing game. Uh, he just used those those layer routes for Kittle, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, McCaffrey, and Elijah Mitchell also pitched in. The 49ers defense looked awesome in the second half. Great adjustments by defense coordinator D'Amico Ryans on disguising blitzes and coverages. Uh, you could tell going into the next year, Seattle's going to need some O line help and more talent on defense. But again, this is a very dangerous 49ers team that can win it all. When breaking them down, after we saw them lose Trey Lance and then Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought they would have been kind of limping to the finish line. Big jock Brock Purdy has come alive. This dude, absolutely tremendous. We'll talk about him more in a second. We actually have a couple, got a couple uh, questions about that. But that's that game. Let's get to this one. Jags versus the Chargers. Guys, down 27 to nothing. Trevor Lawrence has had four interceptions. And all of a sudden, here comes the comeback. I mean, they're down 27 to nothing. Get a touchdown, 27 to 7. And here they come alive in the third quarter and fourth quarter. They keep things rolling. He then throws four touchdown passes. And he leads them for a last-second game-winning field goal by Riley Patterson. Unreal. You feel for the Chargers. And Justin Herbert, has he's an amazing arm talent. He's just not clutch. And in the top tier of quarterbacks in the NFL, like I've told people, he just don't. I just don't think he's in that elite discussion. I understand he's got a world-class arm. He's a good athlete, but he's just not in that elite discussion when we talk about Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, those guys. He's just not in that discussion. I try to tell people he's more in that tier two discussion, maybe with a Jalen Hurts, but Jalen's kind of... Kind of jumping that a little bit. The Jags defense was also, uh, they put the clamps on Austin Eckler. You know, you know, Brant and Staley is going to have to have some explaining to do on playing Mike Williams. But a great turnaround by Doug Peterson in the second half and this season after the whole Urban Meyer disaster. Doug Peterson, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. 
there was that whole, he ended sat on a sour note there in Philadelphia where it looked like he was benching some starters for draft position. But this guy's, um, he's proven to be a winner. So hats off to him. Uh, you know, the Jets, they have an, you know, the Jags have an amazing pass rush and skill players. And if Trevor Lawrence can stop the turnovers, this team could be very dangerous indeed. Okay, let's talk to, talk about Sunday. The Bills and the Dolphins talked about the Bills. This is a team I felt like could win the Super Bowl to start off with. This was a great game. Remember, two is not playing. Teddy Bridgewater's not playing. They got to go to Skylar Thompson. The Bills win 34-31 over the Dolphins. If Miami has two in this game, they win it all. They win it all day long. Too many costly turnovers by Josh Allen. Looked like he was pressing a little bit. Let Miami stick around. Bills got to play better, and I expect them to play better. Um, Miami is expected to exercise to his fifth year. Uh, uh, excuse me, his fifth year option on his rookie contract, which means he is possibly going to come back. Skylar Thompson, he made some throws, but not good enough in the end. Uh, the Bills can certainly play much better than they did this past week, but you got to say, you know, they got to get Devin Singletary rolling, use James Cook more. Dolphins had a good defensive game plan. Josh Allen, he's just he's just pressing a little bit. He's still one of the top quarterbacks in the game, but you can tell he's playing a little bit aggressive right now and making some. God, he's leaving the ball loose where it's fumbling. He's all you know. He's not protecting it when he's getting sacked, and he's trying to, you know, really. Hey, on some of the throws that he's making, he's really forcing it in the triple coverage. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's going to have to clean it up if they're going to, they want to make a run, especially beat the Chiefs or the Bengals down the road. Get to that in a second. So in a game where we thought there could be an upset, I said to myself, I said, I, there's something about me that wants to pick the Giants, but the safe money is on the Vikings. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, yeah, the Giants win 31-24. to Giants offense coordinator, Mike Kafka, who's getting a lot of calls by the Colts and other teams, called a brilliant game for Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes, I mean, just tremendous. Daniel Jones, 24-35, 301 yards through the air, two touchdowns. Also had another run. Great, great job by Mike Kafka. And Wake Martindale, their their defense coordinator, called a great game to stifle Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins in the playoffs, well... Playoff Kirk Cousins is not as good as the regular season Kirk Cousins. It reared its ugly head again. Justin Jefferson couldn't shake a Dory Jackson. And Dalvin Cook wasn't leaned on enough. He did not get enough carries, in my opinion. Daniel Jones had 17 carries, 78 yards on the ground. That beat Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley for running the football. The game plan was for Daniel Jones to beat the Vikings. And, man, they, they did all of it. Super impressed by the Giants. Brian Dable... He's done a tremendous job. Great game management situations where he was telling them to run the clock down. He was also just giving a lot of input, called some great timeouts. Uh, got won a challenge, just did an outstanding job. Uh, tons, just just really good tons of insight for Brian Dable, helping out his offensive and defensive coordinator. And uh, you can't say it enough. Kevin O'Connell, great first year as the Minnesota head coach. Uh, an unreal amount of zone coverages and man-to-man concepts that really confused him on third downs. Uh, so you got to give a lot of credit, like I said, to Week Markendale. Giants with Danny Dimes using his legs and making throws. They're going to be a tough out, guys. Like I said, good first year for Kevin O'Connell. Uh, he'll have to fix some things as far as maybe an aging defense with Harrison Smith and, uh, you know, 
Daniel Hunter, and of course, you know, Zedaria Smith as well. They kind of got to get a little bit more youth on that side of the football. But, you know, hats off the Vikings. Good season. The Bengals, they defeat the Ravens 24-17. Really good back and forth. Uh, story of the game, though, Cincy was not at their best. Kind of like the Bills. They just, we just weren't overly impressed. They lose their left tackle, Jonah Williams, to a knee injury. We're still waiting to hear more about that MRI. But I don't think he's going to be back for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, of course, you know, they lost Lalo Collins, their right tackle for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. This really hurts them. Really good back and forth. 17-17. Tyler Huntley's playing for Lamar Jackson, who's out again with the PCL knee strain. Knee, knee sprain, excuse me. What happens? He drives him down the field. We're early in the fourth quarter, and Logan Wilson, star middle linebacker for the Bengals, knocks the ball out. It just falls right into Sam Hubbard, outside linebacker, defensive end for the Bengals, and he takes it to the house. And that was the final score of the game. They got they got stingy there at the end. Bengals defense came up big. Burrow made some plays. Overall, not a great performance from him. But Huntley there at the end, he had a Hail Mary opportunity. And, of course, it was juggled there at the end by James Prochet, and they don't win the game. But, you know, the Bengals were given everything they could handle by the Ravens. And um, there's something, I think the Ravens, they really need to pay Lamar, but they also need to get him more talent. They got to get Rashad Bateman healthy. Um, And I'm kind of just talking about transitioning the next year, what you expect the Ravens to do. Look, this defense is good. They could get a little bit better in some other areas. They paid Roquan Smith, pay Lamar Jackson, but get him a little bit more help. I I like Demarcus Robinson. I think Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the game. I think if you can get Rashad Bateman healthy and then give him another counterpart on the other side with uh, Devin Dravaney, you know, that this this could be a team that really could start to do some good things. They needed to lean on J.K. Dobbins more in this game. 13 carries for 62 yards. He deserves more than that, and you probably should have given him the ball on the one-yard line instead of letting Huntley be pushed from behind where you basically you didn't spread out the defense enough. They plugged the middle, and Logan Wilson knocked it away. Last night was a blowout. It may be the last time we see Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, we can talk about the missed extra points from Brett Maher, but the fact of the matter is they were down 24 to nothing early. The Cowboys got on top of the, the Bucks and they never relented. Final score being 31 to 14. Tony Pollard was awesome. Dalton Schultz was awesome. C.D. Lamb, of course, chips in. Zeke Elliott, not not the biggest factor, but what I can say is that there was no running game with Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, or Giovanni Bernard for the Bucks. I think a lot of that has to do with some of the blocking, too. Their offensive line has been banged up. They got Ryan Jensen back at center, but he was... He obviously wasn't in game shape, and he was and he was wanting to fight because he just didn't seem to have a, a cool head about him. But Tom Brady, these are the final stats. 35... Of 66, 351 yards, two touchdown passes, and uh, yeah, two interceptions. So, not the best day for Tom Brady and how he goes out. Um, you know, he's such a super class act. And I said two interceptions. I'm at one interception. Um, the other one was dropped. But yeah, it's just very uncharacteristic throws. He was forcing the ball. I saw him, saw him throwing a triple coverage, and he was trying to throw the football away, and it got and it got picked off by Curse. So, uh, to me, it's 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 a bummer, but we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the divisional round next. I'll tell you what, though. I love Tom Brady. I hope this is, you know, I hope this is the end for him because I'll be honest with you. I just don't think he has, I just don't, I just, unless it's the perfect situation, 
I'm not seeing it for him. I don't think he needs to be with the Bucks. Uh, Byron Leftwich did not call a great game, and and Todd Bowles is, is not Bruce Arians as a head coach. So that's my thoughts on that. Also, yes, I'm well aware. I'm well aware of Aaron Rodgers that he went on Pat McAfee today, and he said that he believes he can still win another MVP. He just doesn't know if it's with the Green Bay Packers or if it's with someone else. I know. I know. The $49 million quarterback, who's one of the oldest in the game and the highest paid player, is saying that the team is rewarding him with that contract. He may not be able to win an MVP with. I mean, and he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, but they just really broke the bank for you, buddy. Nice, nice generosity you're showing back to him, right? All right. 3.30 p.m. NBC. Chiefs hosting the Jags. Kansas City had a bye week. They're favored by eight and a half, over and under 53. The story of this game is going to be this. Can the can the pass rush of Trevon Walker, Josh Allen, and the guys on the back end, when we're talking about Tyson Campbell, can they can he stick with some of those corner stick with some of those wide receivers for the Chiefs? Can they get it done? Can Trevor Lawrence limit the turnovers, make high percentage throws to Zay Jones? You also got Christian Kirk, utilize Travis Etienne. He can. It's just not going to happen, in my opinion. And I think Doug Peterson, he's a really good coach, and you don't want to scout him, but this this Chiefs team is is a really good team. Even after losing Tyreek Hill, they are, uh, they're doing some special things this year. Patrick Mahomes is playing at an unreal level, and I just don't know if that defense can take him, can knock him off his spot enough to win this football game. So I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs, even though I like the Jags and the way they're playing and – Man, they really are building something special there, and I think the next couple years with, with uh, Trevor Lawrence. All right, so 7.15 p.m. Fox, Eagles versus the Giants. Remember these two teams? They don't like each other. The rivals, Philadelphia, favored by 7.5, over under 48. Guys, remember I told you a couple weeks ago that, well, at the beginning of the year, that I didn't know what Jalen Hurts you were going to get. Now he's got a hurt shoulder. He, guy's been playing like an MVP. He really has been amazing. A.J. Brown was one of the best additions in the offseason. Devontae Smith has emerged as a wonderful wide receiver, too. Probably be a wide receiver one on most teams. He's that talented. Dallas Goddard is coming back. They've got a good offensive line. Eagles defense is pretty solid as well. And the Giants, they're playing really well. They're playing really well at this point, too. I think you still got to give the advantage to the Eagles, but something inside me is saying, Pick the Giants, but it, I'm still going to have to go with the Eagles. That's got to be the safe money. I think it's going to be a really good back and forth, but I think with the firepower that the Eagles have offensively with, yeah, look, you still got to talk about Miles Sanders. You got to talk about Kenneth Gainwell, what he can do to chip in. Of course, Boston Scott chips in as well. Your two outside wide receivers. Of course, Quintez Watkins is another really good one for the Eagles. I just think at the end of the day, the Giants don't have the wide receiver weapons to win this game. Darius Slayton had some key drops last week. Uh, Richard James, just he's not that guy. I just think there's just just too much right there for the Eagles, um, and I think they're going to win it all. I think, well, they're going to win that game, excuse me. All right, so Sunday, we got the Bengals at the Bills. Buffalo favored by five, over under 48. It's going to be a great contest. 2 p.m. CBS. I'm going to take the Bills, of course, because that's who I picked to win the pick it to win it all but also it's because I think I think they're just the better overall team on both sides of the football I think it's going to be a close game 
I just think the Bills can make enough plays to get it done somewhere like 28-23, somewhere there. Josh Allen's going to – Josh Allen's got a better offensive line. That's what it comes down to. Burrow's still getting nicked up. He's getting beat up, and and they've got a great front when you talk about – I mean, when you talk about Ed Oliver in that front, man, they're going to get after him. Of course, Mulatto in the, you know, in the middle linebacker, and the difference this year for the Bills is they got Tredavious White back, and he can shut down uh, – he can shut down Jamar Chase and T. Higgins if he's on that side. 5.30 p.m., Fox. Cowboys versus the 49ers. 49ers favored by 3.5, over under 46.5. I'm not betting against Kyle Shanahan right now, guys. This team can go all the way. I really like the 49ers. I still think the Cowboys, yeah, they got the Bucks, but the Bucs aren't a very great team. I mean, they're just not a good team. The Bucs were like the Packers and... There were some good highs, but there were some really, really bad lows. So I'm going to have to take the 49ers in this matchup. Uh, let's say, I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring than that. I know the Cowboys got a good defense, but they're going to give uh, they're gonna give Dak some problems. So I'll just say 24-17 in favor of the 49ers. Okay, now let's get to the questions so we can um, end the uh, episode, right? Got a question from Charlie out of Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Ryan, who is your Super Bowl pick? Now, I like the 49ers. What about you? Um, Charlie, I got to say, Big Jock Brock looks insanely good for a rookie, especially since he was the last player taken in the NFL draft. You know, of course, they call that Mr. Irrelevant. But Kyle Shanahan is calling plays at an unreal level right now and using all his weapons. Uh, You know, he's got McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell's also a very good complimentary back. George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the game. Debo Samuel, one of the best wide receivers. Brandon Ayuk on those layered routes, how fast he is coming across over the middle is unreal. You got to give it to these guys, man. They look absolutely outstanding. A lot of credit to Kyle Shanahan. He could have folded it in, but Brock Purdy is perfect in his system. There's definitely going to be a quarterback controversy. And then, of course, you talk about the 49ers defense, how good they are. It's just this, Charlie. I just believe the AFC is better. I think the Bills I think the I think the Bills and the Chiefs are just better. I think when it's going to come down to it, they've got the same amount of arsenal, you know, they've got the weapons as well and um Patrick Mahomes is really hard to beat up against. But right now, I would still take the Bills just because I believe they still have they still have the the highest ceiling. I think they got the weapons on both offense and defense and they're playing for their brother and Demar Hamlin and I'm not going to go against that type of motivation. I'd be hard-pressed to be betting against that kind of uh, motivation because I am definitely a hopeless romantic uh, in that regard. But I can't wait to see how it plays out. Like I said, I think it's going to be, we've got a great playoff scenario going on right now. Jags and Chiefs, give me the Chiefs. Eagles, Giants, give me the Eagles. Bengals, Bills, give me the Bills in a close one. And the Cowboys, 49ers, give me the 49ers uh, in a close one, 24-17. I do think they beat the spread. So, um, yeah. We got a lot of great football still going on, man. And uh, pay attention to these temperatures, though, because it's going to be like 33 degrees for that ben, Bills and Bengals game. Maybe some snow in the forecast. So it's always something something to pay attention to. Another thing that the Jags got to face is it's going to be cold and rainy, possibly, when they face off against the Chiefs there in uh, Arrowhead Stadium. So pay, pay attention to that. You know, they're from, remember, they're from Florida. Jags are from Florida. So they've been practicing all year long in that sunny Florida weather. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys being with me. Remember, my turf 
College and Pro Football Podcast. Tell your friends. I'm your host, Ryan Marshall. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hit me up at the show's email address, myturfshow at gmail.com or at my Twitter, RyanFN18. Season 1, Episode 48. Analyze this. That's a wrap, folks. Have a great rest of your week and enjoy some football this weekend. Take care, everyone.